0: Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions.
1: In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA, open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds, is the official podcast for picky weeds where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest guest speakers and informative discussions to benefit the entire community
0: if you'd like to be a guest speaker either live or remote call-in please visit www.pickyweeds.com scroll down to the bottom of the page find in the weeds podcast guest application click it Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information, and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com.
1: Now, now let's, let's get, get into the, in the, the weeds. Hey guys, welcome back. I think we're what, episode five now?
0: Episode five.
1: I'm here with John. My name is Tay, and we are your host and the co-owners of Picky Weeds. Um, and tonight, we're going to be talking about methods of divination. I know a couple of you asked for this, so divination is defined in the Oxford Language Dictionary as the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or unknown by supernatural means. Hmm. So, not everything is an omen, guys. Omens. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a couple different uh, things. Um, well, actually, there's a lot more than a couple. There's a ton of different divination methods. You know some of our ancestors. You know you can read about in in you know the Greek writings, the Roman writings of uh, using omens and using animal augury and bird flights. Um,
1: reading entrails.
0: Oh yeah, reading the entrails,
1: <laughs> which is actually the
0: intestines of
1: oh well animals and their enemies.
0: That's that's a little too dirty for booking a room at Picky Weeds. Just you know.
1: Just Unless you bring a lot of plastic, Dexter.
0: Yeah, you have to dexter the room. No, just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> and there's, of course, astrology, which goes back millennia,
1: like to Mesopotamia. Yeah,
0: and we'll we'll, uh, we'll do a deep dive on astrology when we can get uh Lindsay or some, or Mark in, yeah, he's, or Mark yeah. somebody uh, that that's an actual astrologer. Um, that's an, one thing that we have a we have a surface knowledge of, but I would much rather have a guest on here that can yes, really, please. really get into um, uh, the knowledge of it. For,
1: what I know can only confuse you. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <I> just yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. So the
1: first one on our list, after all of that, uh, is one that's kind of in my wheelhouse. It's pendulum d- or dowsing or water witching. When I was little. This is when I learned it, is when a guy, a local man who did water witching came out to help us find a spot to dig a well. And he would use willow and hazel rods. um, He would use the copper dowsing rods. But the fascinating thing was when he gave me a plumb bob. And taught me how to use it. the hell is a plumb bob? Everyone of you guys in construction or you ladies in construction out there <laughs> know what the heck a plumb bob is. But, yeah, he, he handed me a plumb bob, which if you come to the store, um, you can usually find that we have some of those little brass pendulums in stock. They're really heavy brass pendulums that are based on the plumb bob um so come in and take a look at those because they're kind of interesting in how well they work that in my opinion they work just as well any day as a dowsing rod um every now and again we'll have dowsing rods but for cleansing for foretelling for finding things i've often used a raw pendulum or plumb bob
0: yeah i mean typically a plumb bob's used in construction yeah you know, to make sure that you thing You installed is plumb
1: and plumb,
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's got a little deeper history too.
1: So, it originally where, where did this originate? This um pendulum and rod dowsing it goes way, way back because you can see you can read about it when it was outlawed by the Christians, correct?
0: Yeah, is the it, water witching? It's about 4,000 years old, but yeah. you know, anything they don't understand is a devil, <laughs> it's a
1: devil. I'm just trying to help you find the water. Jeez.
0: <laughs> just keep digging holes. Sooner or later grip, you y'all. find it and you have a yard full of holes. <laughs> it's much, much easier to get the, the old fellow with his rods out. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded weird. There's a lot of, there's a lot of,
1: um, geologists that kind of use something simi- similar too, so they need not be thumbing their nose at it you know it's it's something that's going on for a long long time and when you lived out in the country it was it was much cheaper to have a guy come water witch than it was to have come somebody dr- have somebody come drill your property to bits trying to find water so that's what we did
0: yeah so there's there's the copper rods too you've seen them No, go out and you know when they get near water, the rods will cross or they'll steer the steer the operator in the direction of where the underground uh, spring is. And a lot of people use those rods for divination too. you know they'll be yes and yes or no, you know, depending similar to a pendulum in which you assign it. you know when you get your new pendulum, you're gonna consecrate it and then you're gonna you're you're gonna come to an agreement on which direction means yes, which direction means no. Which is, I don't know, or not clear. Or you could use a mat that has those already, you know, inscribed on a mat or a pendulum board. Um, And, uh, yeah, so the pendulum is is still a, you know, we sell pendulums like crazy, right? It's it's still very much in use and very popular.
1: I actually train mine. Um, I'll actually hold it in my hand. Um, I actually put the notch, you know, the little ball or bead on the end of the pendulum chain in between the first two digits of my pointer and middle finger, my, you know, my social finger. And I actually was taught by the, the dowser to hold my elbow and make myself into like, um, what am I trying to say here? Fulcrum. Fulcrum. And let it just hang so that I'm not cheating myself for moving and causing the movement of the pendulum. And I will focus and concentrate on the pendulum and try to make it move. And I will think to it which way is yes, which way is no, which way is I don't know. And then in later, in later uses, I will ask it which way cleanse, which way banish, which way bless. And I actually walk around the store sometimes looking for, some people call them cold spots. I call them kind of vibrational spots where you can actually feel. um, You can feel a little energy and a little static tingle. And I'll cleanse them until they're gone using a pendulum.
0: So pendulum, at least in our tradition, was always considered a a safer form of divination than, say, a Ouija or a spirit board, talking board, Um, mainly because... It's just you and the weight that's suspended from the chain on your fingers that's saying yes, no, maybe. It's still you know, purportedly the the entity or spirit or whoever you're talking to that is actually moving um moving the weight towards yes, no, I don't know. Um, but the Ouija and, the sp- and or spirit board, you're actually taking part in that by placing your fingers on the planchette. So it's using part of your energy, right? So we've all known the friend that moves the planchette at the parties and freaks everybody <laughs> out, right? But we've actually, you know, in practice had the device work m- way better than we th- thought it would. Yeah. Um, and it was not someone moving it. It was whatever was communicating through the planchette, moving between the two people. And it, that's one reason why you don't ever use a Ouija alone. Um, and, and at least that's the way that I was taught was it's a, you're a lot stronger if there's two of you and one spirit as opposed to one on one.
1: And then you have two readers, two squires as well. Um, And somebody can always be watching the room, you know, and seeing if anything's coming through because this is an actual opening of a portal or an, I'll say, an energy between you and the spirits. Um, So you're actually going to be sharing the space, but it's not something to take lightly. You can lose your mind. Yeah, it's made by Parker
0: Brothers, but it's not a toy.
1: Yeah, it didn't start as that. Uh, It started way, way back in the 1800s, so... It was the talking board. It came from a a little gadget that was, what was it, used in China, I believe?
0: they called it Fuji planchette writing. It was from around 1100 AD.
1: Yeah, it was really neat. It was just like a little heart-shaped planchette with a little writing device inserted in it. And two people would use it and lay it on rolls of paper, you know, flatten out the rolls, ask their questions, and it would actually do the writing for them. Um, much in the way that the, the planchette now on the on the common modern day board spells everything out, but it wrote it out, and you kind of had to decipher it, and that's where it held from. And it's been known to pull spirits through. Um, I can't I can't for the life of me remember the lady's name that came through, um, but back in the eighteen hundreds. One lady used it, and she bought through a a woman who she wrote down everything that this lady said. And the writings had some serious, serious high praise and critical acclaim, and she channeled it through a Ouija board.
0: Yeah, Ouija is very, very similar to full-on channeling, right? It's a little bit safer because you're using um, a planchette and you're using another person. Uh, You should always have two people with you know all of their hands on the planchette at the same time it's it's a little safer because you're not you know channeling is where you you're actually allowing an entity into your system into your body and you're speaking through you and you know there's trans channelers we we've we've had one last year we have she's coming back uh mid-october and the spirit that comes through her is a completely different mannerism than her normal self i mean it's a completely different voice it is it is not a a made-up make-believe voice it's completely different you know everyone can make voices right this one is not like that her face changes her her inflection changes um, the entity is actually in control, um, and so this is a dangerous practice. And one you should learn from someone that is actually trained in this art, rather than reading a book and trying it yourself. Um, this is one of those uh, advanced tactics that really utilize caution. And that, and the same with the Ouija, because we see parents wanting to buy them for their children. Uh, oh goodness It's caution know, against that yeah body. The Exorcist was a movie but it was based on a real tale right a real story a real event it was a little boy not a little yeah, girl yeah a boy named Robbie um, and used the board by himself and he's a child um, don't buy a Ouija board for your kids it's not a toy you, you might as well buy them a 357 Magnum and hand it to them I mean it, it's that dangerous okay It's not dangerous in the hand of of trained practitioners. It's not as dangerous, I'll say. But it's still you utilize caution. Anything to do with channeling, anything to do with opening yourself up and allowing something else to control, whether it's a planchette or your whole self, there's a potential risk there. Mm -hmm. And you should, should, not that you should be uh, necessarily afraid, I don't think is the right word, but you should definitely utilize some caution and good common sense
1: it's it's like the practices we were talking about in one of the earlier podcasts of um you know the yogic and leaving the body and stuff like that you're opening yourself up to let other energy into the body that might not have you know the best thoughts about being in your body or might not have your your best interest in mind and then the next thing you know you're pent up in an asylum if they still have those. Do they still have those? Because we've got really poor mental health in this country. Yeah, no, no. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You've been sent to the hospital and you're in that ward, um, and then you're on medication, and then you're in therapy for decades, just trying to work out what the heck just happened to you.
0: Well, it's because you never know what's going to come through. It, it could be a, a a peaceful spirit that just you know, or maybe an ancestor. Um, who knows right but at the same time you have an equal chance for that to be not all spirits are or uh, of the live laugh love variety no you know and though you may be attracted um to left-hand path or the darker side of things um
1: there are darker things there, and yeah there are divine intelligences there, um, people like to call it demonic, but those are actually divine beings. Um, there are actually a divine intelligence they've they've probably got more of your you know if you' if you've come for the right reasons and you're talking to them for the right reasons, they probably take it more to heart and have your you know betterment in mind more so than wanting to hurt you, but then there are there are sludge beings. In between there, lower astral beings that will attach to you and like, oh my God, look what I got! I got a free ride, you and know, that, and, you're, and, uh, and yeah, and it's not fun. And
0: but the yeah. spirit, no, oh, there's a lot of liars. Yeah, there's a lot of spirits that are liars. Hi, I'm and, Belial. And, and we'll be you know, Belial. And you can think you have a well. Yeah, I worked with Belial last no. night. No, you didn't. Mm-mm. You worked with some sludge thing from the nether region that's lying and having a great time at your expense. Some little vampiric, yeah, little entity. Yeah. So you know, always better to work with someone that has had experience with with channeling or with the use of a talking board, and never ever do it by yourself. We we actually, and Chris will laugh when he hears this. Um, one of our one of our um, mother coven members um when she was a child she she told us this tale of when she was a child she her parents wouldn't buy her uh the spirit board so she drew one on her floor of her bedroom (laughs)
1: like a a, like a
0: three foot four foot spirit board you know written i don't know if she used makeup or what and um she she claims that she saw a physical manifestation of an entity at the end of her hall, and it was really, really tiny, like the size of a kitten. In every step it took, it it grew several inches in size until it was taller than than the door frame. And she's throwing salt at the door, <laughs> and freaking out. Um, but yeah, these things happen, you know, and it doesn't happen. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, there's a knocking in my house. It's haunted. Well, it's probably your pipes. You need to check that. But these things do happen. And and there's documented cases of it. And any practitioner who has participated in an evocation or an invocation, um, if they've done it for a number of years and had some success, then they've seen physical manifestation and it may not be a whole body. It may be a body of light. It may be a body of mist. I've had the mist in my house, filled the whole house with black mist. Um, It just depends on, and and my windows were shut. Okay. I didn't live in a swamp.
1: You walked through a spirit smoking a cigarette.
0: Yeah. The white lady. Rude. Everybody's seen the white lady. (laughs) hovering over the bed I, I had just worked a double shift I was tired so you have the, the whole horror movie scene and floating above the bed oh let get the fuck out of the way how do you know when you're jaded <laughs> so, <laughs> the bed. did you not see that yeah I fucking saw her ass I'm tired yeah Go away, <laughs> or I shall be forced to taunt you a second time. And, you know, you tell people this, and they're like, yeah, okay, why don't you guys just roll another one? But, you know, really, truly, These things happen. they yeah. do, and their spirit world exists right beside ours, you know. Yeah. You have a veil between the worlds um, that's pretty substantial, um, except during uh, certain points of the year. And
1: bear in mind, all time is now.
0: Yeah, it's happening.
1: Past, present, and future are all occurring right now. Time is not linear.
0: So divination is kind of a form of reaching through that veil and um, trying to communicate. And it could be communicating with a departed ancestor. It could be communicating with a, a spirit, one of your uh, familiar spirits. It it could be communicating with anything that wants to talk, and you may or may not want to talk to them, you know, even with the trance uh, channeling medium several relatives came uh came forward participants were like tell that bitch to fuck off (laughs) go away (laughs) and you know hey i don't blame you i don't know your story you know you know that way with
1: a few of mine i I got got a few i got
0: a few that can kick rocks too (laughs) you know i'm glad that you figured it out now that you crossed over but fuck off
1: yeah really you know
0: (laughs) you were a prick when you were here and i'm 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 not ready for happy shiny right now yeah no um, so yeah, um, but you know that's that's exactly what divination is. Is you're you're reaching through the veil. Um, people channel doing tarot. People channel in in voodoo. And uh, you know, I'm not a voodoo practitioner. We'll we'll have one on here to discuss more. Um, but they they take the god into themselves. You know you'll you'll see. You can look it up anywhere on the interweb. Um, yes. You'll see the the divine coming through speaking and they'll dance and it's a sacred dance and it's amazing it's beautiful to watch you know and you know, of course there are skeptics like you're you're just mentally ill or you're just this or that. Well okay. Until it happens to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The same the same people are mm-hmm. eating the flesh and blood yeah. every Sunday yeah. too. But okay, I digress.
1: But just remember when you when you're messing with any of these things, whether you're playing at it or whether you're going at it seriously, space is everything. Preparation is everything. Prepare the spaces. If it were a ritual, protect the spaces. If it were a ritual, cleanse the space afterwards, especially if it's in your house house as most people do this at home i've noticed that um so make a separate space for it make sure that it's treated as a temple make sure it's cleansed after and make sure you don't store the objects together
0: oh no i have seen the planchette planchette
1: move on its own so yeah i had the glass crack
0: yes oh my god we had the glass crack we've had the glass turn solid black yes we've had it fly off the board yes so don't <clears throat> Don't take this lightly, yeah. and it is a
1: tool, just like any other tool, but it's also a tool that works very, very
0: well. So you notice when you come on the store into the store, the, the the talking boards are up out of children's reach. Do not buy these for your kids; they yeah. are not toys. This is a magical tool.
1: It can lead to a very mentally ill child, or worse.
0: It's the same as as a, a dagger. It's the same. You know, look, it, these are implements that are used for certain purposes this is a divination tool Um, and it is learning to channel it is learning to channel with training wheels because you have another person there with you
1: that's good that's a good way to put it um
0: yeah so but again cannot stress enough they 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 need to be stored in the same place that firearms are
1: yes up and away locked away away from your babies because it's like handing them a dagger or a loaded pistol so don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So along with channeling, there's, there's a, a technique called automatic writing. Um, it's also called psychography. Um, and this was really popular. Um, it's been popular for years, but, you know, it, it goes back to, I mean, even John D. and Edward Kelly. And if you don't know who they are, reference earlier episodes about learning history. Um, Enochian practice, uh, language uh, kind of came from the automatic writing techniques. So, they, they, according to them, the angels dictated via automatic writing the Enochian language and grammar. And this is, this is a complete system. This isn't just some symbols that they just jotted down. Yeah, there you go. No, this is a full, it has grammatical rules. Mm-hmm. Everything is extremely well detailed. And, you know, p- some people disbelieve it, and that's your right. But... <laughs>
1: You and know. I've I've done a lot of trance channeling, writing, and automatic writing, and it it works out quite well. I've even had pictures drawn of um, you remember the case? Oh yeah, the remote uh, viewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do a lot of I've done a lot of controlled remote viewing over the years, and um, one case I I drew a landscape where a murdered girl actually was. So, and then found out later uh, about what two or three weeks after the drawing that's exactly where they found her and it was right near by where I worked every single day
0: yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it comes from the technique of automatic writing and you it's again a form of channel right so you're opening yourself up you're allowing some people claim it's just your subconscious some people claim I I, I believe that it is you know if you're doing it correctly um, and you're not seeking to influence it if you're just letting it flow through you as mary ellen calls it hollow bone um, it, it, it's the entity the spirit the whatever is trying to communicate with you is communicating through your hand writing on a piece of paper and a lot of time it may be just scribble and then it sometimes it may be clear penmanship it may be symbols or sigils Um, you you never know what's going to come through. And, you know, then you take that and and look at it and see if it's just gibberish or if there's something that might make some logical sense there.
1: And if you want to try it, set some rules for yourself first about your triggers, you know, um, about what you might think about. Write that stuff down so that that kind of negates it and line through it. And then set yourself some rules for what the scribbles that you might make might mean. Like give yourself some topography markers, like make sharp points for high mountains or low humps for rolling hills or water. You know, make it in the shape of a wave. If you see it, then you know it's relating to water. Give yourself some guidelines. Make it really interesting. That's what we do. And, in, in, you know, if we're doing CRV, control remote viewing. So give yourself some guidelines and kind of follow those as you're writing and keep, a little, keep them aside. But the first thing you want to do is anything that you think of before the session, you want to write that down and line through it because that's not it. You want to let it speak through you, not speak to it or not infuse it with your ideology of what you might be seeing.
0: Yeah, In automatic writing, not to be confused with the scribe's function. Right. No. So, <laughs> so generally when we, when we channel, um, Tay will be a, the scribe, and, and she's writing down everything um she's she's that the purpose of the scribe is twofold to write down everything that's said um, you spell it the best you can sometimes it comes out is what sounds like gibberish and then you look it up later and oh shit it's a language yeah um happens all the time some sometimes it's just gibberish and sometimes it starts with gibberish and then it and it starts to flow it's like everything else um that's just the way it works. Um, the other function of the scribe is just as a second. So if the person that is under, so to speak, you hear Bella. The person that is under um, is, in, is in danger or is in trouble or is having a, a very frightening moment that, you know, needs to break. That's their job is to to get them out, clear the area, take control of the situation, take control of the spirit. So and- you you need to be. The scribe needs to to have some knowledge of banishing and and, uh, taking control.
1: And there's a third function also, too, especially if we're in ritual, we always assign somebody to be the watcher scribe. So they'll write things down and they'll take note of anything that they heard or saw um, around the circle that that came through that the others are going to want to know. You know, after the event, because a lot of times when you're, if you're in full on um, invocation, like we were the last one, I was on fire. (laughs) I was on fire. I know you're doing great. (laughs) I literally got caught on fire uh, by our our bonfire and there was no wind. So it was really, really, really freaking interesting, especially since we were standing probably a good six, seven feet away from it. Um, and it, the fire just loomed towards me, and thank goodness I was wearing a wool cloak.
0: Well, that, that's from the observers, right? Yeah. They're like yeah. the fire went from going straight up in the air because there's no wind, to literally bending its arc towards Tay. Te- yeah. While doing the invocation. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Crowley. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Bornless ritual. Oh, that fun. <laughs> Uh, uh but, but yeah. So along with that, and you know, channeling's kind of been a theme, Be- Bella is just determined to walk around here and click clack her nails and she's brought me her squishmallow.
1: She's wanting to play. She's bored. This is
0: Natasha's squishmallow that Natasha gave her. Yeah. She's just like I need a microphone. <laughs> um but along with channeling and everything, there's another technique called bibliomancy.
1: And we're going to do some of that for you now. So, Go ahead, John.
0: So, bibliomancy is from biblio, meaning books, and mancy, meaning divination. It's got a very long spiritual tradition. It goes all the way back to ancient Roman practice, where they used uh, Homer and Virgil texts, you know, the old classical writings, to predict the future. Um, so the I Ching is also a, a popular text to use. Um, some, some, Abraham, some Christians use the Bible, but you can literally do this with any book. And especially if you have a book of, uh, philosophy or a book on uh, magical practice or something like that, it's, it's good, but literally any book, you're just randomly opening the book, flipping through the book, letting the pages flip through your fingers and then stop And read the first thing that your eyes land on.
1: So So. I have the I Ching sitting in front of me right now. Um, John, what is your question?
0: Well, the I Ching is is a the book of changes. The book of changes. It's it's uh, Eastern philosophy, and it's you know you can get into pretty in depth with it too. They've used coins, yarrow sticks uh, to use uh, to use with it, and what it does is it's a dictionary of the symbolism of the coins or yarrow sticks and how you would throw them. They throw them similar to casting lots or casting runes. And, you know, it's just yarrow sticks of different sizes, lengths, and how they lay is what you divine. Same with the coins, whether they're heads up or down, kind of goes hand in hand with some of the old claromancy, uh things. Um, but so you're going to ask the book a question, you're going to ask a question, and then you're going to flip through the pages and you're going to read the first thing, um, I don't, I don't have a question so you're i did it that.
1: while you were talking i was just like okay so how's the podcast going <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the
1: abysmal repeated if you are sincere you have success in your heart and whatever you do succeeds so there you go so
0: so i guess we're doing good
1: we're doing okay then. Well, that's good. <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you to the I Ching.
0: Mm-hmm. that's bedly mancy it's that yeah. simple yeah and you know, like I said, it's an ancient practice. Just grab a book, flip through it. Boop.
1: Have fun, guys. Have you fun. Know, you
0: you yeah. don't you don't need to spend twenty eight dollars on a tarot deck. Just just grab the Reader's Digest.
1: And it was terrible when I first started in tarot way back in the day. I just I and I I got the Crowley deck. The very first one, because mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm a glutton for frickin' punishment. So, yeah, you must have the ceremonial deck, you know. You bought it because it's pretty. It is beautiful. I absolutely love it. And I do that a lot. I have probably 12 decks on the piano right now that I don't even read. I just bought them because the art is stunning. lucky yeah, numbers. I suck. I suck. I suck. But um, I got in a bad habit of reading before I'd leave the house. Don't do that. It's not wise. Um, it becomes an obsession. But speaking of tarot, John, I think the earliest reference to date is about the game, correct? The game of tarot.
0: Yeah, tarotchi <laughs> um, goes back to the fourteen hundreds, fourteen forties, fourteen fifties, and was used, you know, in Venice, Milan, Florence, um, and uh, it was just an Italian uh, game of trick. You know, there's a lot of different versions of it. Um, probably one of the most Famous uh, tarot decks. It actually preceded uh, most, you know, all the modern decks is the Solobuska. Stunning deck. And uh, it's traced to around the 19th century, um, but it's actually the only complete 15th century deck. Like the symbolism they they used um inst- in in lieu of like the traditional what we what we would see is, you know the trump cards or the major arcana or the minor arcana they they used uh telling the story of the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. They used classical figures from classical literature, um, biblical figures. They they take over instead of the traditional illustrations you see. But a lot of the rumors of where the rider weight came from were from the Sola Busca, because it was actually on display uh, in the British Museum. Um, and uh, it was rumored a weight and uh pamela coleman smith who actually illustrated the rider weight deck saw the cards of the Solabusca, and they drew their inspiration uh for their what would then be known as the most popular tarot deck ever the rider weight deck which has been the foundation i mean there's over a hundred million decks of rider weight in the world (laughs) it is the most popular modern tarot deck and almost all modern tarot decks draw um at least some inspiration from the Rider weight whether it's the the illustrations the way the cards are illustrated or the the figures are depicted um er, most everything comes from Rider Waite and if you take a tarot class or if you um read a tarot book on how to read the tarot they're going to reference the Rider weight so when people ask well what's the first deck I should try they not everybody likes it or feels like uh drawn to those illustrations some are some aren't but it's a really good deck to have even if you don't end up using it as your primary deck because that way you can you know you can have a familiar reference tool while you're taking the class or reading through the book and better familiarize yourself Or using
1: the cheat sheets yeah yeah we carry some cheat sheets at the shop but they're based on that deck so um I mean, you can adapt them to any other deck, but like he's saying, you kind of need to see the symbolism. Um, and you, you need to see why it, it's laying out the way that it is and where they came up with the foundation. So well, the theory,
0: the theory for Solobuska is that it was largely, you know, it, it looks like one thing, but it, there's a lot deeper meaning. And, it, and that's very similar to the modern tarot, uh, but there was a lot of hermetic or alchemical uh, references in, in the Solabusca. Um, and you can read about it. There's, it's way too much to get into, into an hour long podcast when we're trying to cover other things, but it's a fascinating story. I highly recommend looking into it. We do carry a copy of the Solobuska. Uh, it's a little pricier, um, but the cards are absolutely beautiful. Uh, I don't use that one for divination, but I do have it just basically for its historical aspect and, and the, if, if you're a fan of renaissance paintings it's absolutely a beautiful beautiful piece of artwork to look through and um there's a there's a book put out by one of our european uh, publishers called the game of saturn and um that details goes into great detail on the Solobusca and its history it was never really uh, they say it was never really a divination tool. It was more of a Torachi or it was more of a showcase of classical, you know, history and, um, art. Uh, but it's, it's a stunning, stunning, stunning deck. Uh, but if you're just starting, you know, like it or not, the, the Rider weight is, is going to be your best place to start. Um, our, believe it or not, our neighbor, uh, was a professor at Marywood uh university in Scranton and uh, he has written probably one of the better uh introduction to tarot books that I've ever read it's what is it 20- tarot
1: the 22 steps goodness she's loud she's wants to talk about dog hi dog <laughs> <laughs> But yeah it's a, oh, oh god i can't remember the exact name i've got it laying around here somewhere it's the little yeah. blue
0: tarot book yeah. um and it's excellent and he breaks it down and and his writing style is very conversational and it's it's not full of lofty adjectivitis it's it's really really good and a really good place to start I and mean, there's a lot of tarot classes you can take online and there's a lot of different approaches to the tarot and we've we've touched on that before where you know you have the classical meanings of the card whether they're you know reversed or or right side up however you want to i'm sure there's a fancy term that i've forgotten i forget everything but um are <laughs> <'cause we're> talking. <laughs> and there's some decks you know that you don't read the reverses in. you know the current deck i i'm using uh the night sun tarot um I don't read it reversed and it just, I don't know why I just, you know, it doesn't like it. So, uh-huh. and, and other decks like the Rider Waite or the Morgan Greer, I used the Morgan Greer for years, which is di- directly based off of Rider Waite, but the illustrations are, are slightly different. The colors are a little different because I, I've been an intuitive reader. So I learned the classical way to read. Um, and it just seemed so regimented and wrote and like it wasn't flowing. Um, intuitive you 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 kind of the way I did it is I I I took a card I meditated on that card I spent you know a week or more looking at the card in every day you know just spend some time okay what does this mean why what is what is the meaning behind this and yeah I'm not really looking at the alchemical or the astrological because that's not really something that I I practice personally you know we have people for that <laughs> so exactly <laughs> so yeah you know, I'm, I'm what does that card mean to me what what emotion does it elicit okay and then as you work your way through all the deck um, how do these cards when they correspond uh, to each other do they tell a story um, and that's how I read um, and there's a there's a lot of readers like that um, in a you should learn the classical way first. I did. It 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 took time uh, learning what each trump card, what their traditional meaning, but what, what each suit traditionally means. Um, and then, if you need to branch out, you branch out. That's how this works.
1: There's this great um, piece in the book by Lamalou de Ket allow me to introduce an insider's guide to the occult, uh, where he writes, you know, about the tarot. And it was so beautiful and so well thought out and made you see the relationships between the cards. So if you can um, get a copy of this book, read the section in it. Um, It begins with, I believe, oh, goodness, let me go back here. But the music of the tarot was my favorite part. Because he actually made you see that it's a family, and that there are relationships playing out in that deck um, and it makes you read it a little differently um, and then he goes through um, in here you know what the what the trumps are and what the um what the suits in the minor arcana the four suits are in the minor arcana and why and he goes well in depth um you know we covered this in one of our last um podcast. Where we were talking about, you know, what the wands stand for, what the swords stand for, the disc, all that stuff. And it's just amazing. He takes you on a journey in this little piece. Uh, and it's just a few pages long um, in the book. It's like maybe two or three sections. And then the Music of Tarot is about four or five pages. And it's just brilliant. It's just one of the most brilliant things I've ever read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lon's great. And any any book by Lon, I, I recommend. I haven't read one that, that's been bad, but the, in, allow me to introduce is one of the books we put into the hands of people that are seriously, you know, seeking some information and just kind of need an overview. It's a little bit more, um, you know, psychic, witch is good. It's a, it's a good place. Matt orn has got a great book. Um, there's a lot of good exercises in it. Um, I think, uh, if you're leaning more towards the ceremonial side that lawn might be a better answer, but, um, Bella is just Enjoying this podcast, walking around and making noise. I
1: think she has to potty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up soon, baby. <laughs> but uh, one thing we touched on in the beginning was omens. And I wanted to speak a little bit more about that because like all newcomers, like everything is magic and everything is an omen. And every, I, I, you know, I saw bird poop on my car. What does this mean? You know, omens don't work that way. In um, in it, they do and they don't. It's not going to be a mundane thing when you see an omen and you're not going to be looking for it. You're not going to be expecting it. It's something that just happens. And maybe you've gone through something that's difficult or you're having a difficult time with something, or you've been reaching out to a deity in particular. And maybe you see a symbol of that deity appear Um, as you're driving into work, you know, and it just feels, you'll feel it. You won't need to ask somebody on the internet, was this an omen? What does this mean? You're going to know what that meant because when you see it, it's going to elicit a physical internal response inside you. You're going to, oh, I was thinking about my goddess and then I saw an owl. An owl is her symbol and I was asking for this how did the omen appear to you did it appear to be a positive or a negative thing or was it a neutral thing or how did it feel inside right what what did you what did you get from that the very it's very similar to bibliomancy when you crack open the book and boom there's the there's the sentence what was the first reaction you had when you saw it that's your answer what the omen meant
1: you should have a visceral reaction and i always say it's like raising the hackles like every hair on my body sometimes will stand up when i know that they're speaking and it's like i'm frozen in that space for several seconds sometimes not not even realizing how long i've been standing there but that's that's exactly it he's right you're going to lose kind of a track of everything around you when an actual omen is presenting itself to you you're sort of just going to be caught in that moment
0: yep yeah, and you know you'll you'll see you another one of your deities is represented by a hawk. You have asked a question, you know, the earlier that day or later that night, and you were in a quandary, and you had you had reached out to to whatever deity or ancestor that is represented by that, and. Lo and behold, you don't normally see a hawk there. It's not something that's, you know, it's like a, not a hawk nest in your tree in your front yard. Like this is unusual. It's just something you don't see all the time. And then boom, right? And you feel it. And, and so you have to go off that feeling that's, that, that you got. Nobody can tell you what that omen means because it wasn't for them. It's personal. It was for you. Yep. And, and this is one of the oldest methods of divination right reading omens reading reading the way that they used to what was it starlings the way they would fly in patterns yes. in the sky and then I'll they would form all. shapes and you know humans have been using divination techniques since we could rub two sticks together I uh, mean absolutely it, it, this, this is not something new the danger is thinking that everything's an omen and that everything has a magical spiritual it's meaning designed. to you. And, and it's easy to fall into that, you know, and it's like we talked about the newly spiritual, the newly religious, the new vegan, the new anything. Anytime you're into something new, you're super, super excited about it, and everybody, you know, I'm, I'm sure we annoyed people. Have you listened to our podcast? Yes. You know? <laughs> ooh, But, you know, after a few months, the shine wears off. Yes. And, and, and you know, y- you just kind of have to... Keep yourself grounded, and that's why grounding is so important. What we talked about earlier, in you, you have to go out and reground yourself. This isn't like shadow work; it's not something you do once. It's not one and done. Um, It's a it's a continuous process of keeping yourself centered. Because sooner or later, everything's an omen, and then they're not; they don't have any meaning anymore.
1: Right? It's a devotion. You have to be devoted, and then the more that you're devoted, and the more you open yourself up to the message. Um, messages that are coming through when you actually do feel them, the more they'll help you write your path and, and lead your life in, in a more connected way. Um, you don't feel so alone. And I, I know that through solo practice, that that's the one thing that got me through in, in my most depressing times was being out in the woods with them and hearing them and feeling them and knowing that i was definitely even though it was just my human behind sitting on the ground in my grove in the middle of north carolina um that i was not alone i was literally surrounded by them
0: yep and they're not always shiny fuzzies you know a a lot of us you know what some people would call dark right but you find more you find more comfort in that because it just feels genuine and, and light dark indifferent
1: yeah it's all it's all magic,
0: spirit is going to come to you you know if you're receptive yeah but but you have to at the same time keep your feet on the ground, and it's really difficult to to meter that, and I mean even for practitioners that have been doing this for a long time, it's easy to fall into that trap you know where where you well, everything is everything is magical, and you know, everything is instantaneous. And well, I, I wish it to happen, so it manifests. That's not how it works. You, know, no. do, you have to constantly police yourself. We have to police ourselves. It's we're human. We we fail. We have frailties, right? So
1: it takes vision, and it takes work.
0: You know, just because you learned how to cleanse and clear in your first lesson doesn't mean that you're ever not ever going to do that. You're going to do that all the time. Yes. You're going to constantly meditate and, and settle yourself. And it's, this is the, one of the first skills they're taught because it's one of the most important. Yeah. And especially when you get into divination, because it's really easy to fly off into the ether, um, losing all common sense.
1: And some of them will say some crazy crap to you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're, then you're off on the hunt. You know, it's like, and it was nothing. They're just messing with you. And that's frustrating.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did a. I did a channel. Uh, was it about two months ago?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And an entity named Sea Tree uh, came through. And if you know anything about Sea Tree, and I didn't before this, but um, it is uh, one of the Guaisha. And he had some things to say, uh, but one of the one of the most memorable um, was about a meridian in in Tay that needed to be mended. It was a meridian uh, uh, similar to what you know acupuncture or acupressure meridians going from the right ankle to the left knee up to the left shoulder that meridian was blocked and it needed to be repaired uh, he he put it was broken yeah and and so we we got some help with that and you know that's just kind of how this I didn't know what, what the fuck he was talking about you just all of a sudden came in and a lot of times it happens at the most inopportune moments. yes <laughs> <laughs> the table will be like knock it off yeah go to sleep stop it i'm watching a movie or in the middle of the work day hey <laughs> stop it i'm like hey the shit wants to talk
1: <laughs> well tell him to shut up and hold you know, it you send you kinda, me a message
0: you kind of have to have voicemail text you know, me. like hold, hold, hold. thank you for your call we'll get back to you later you know, uh, But in our coven, we, we, we had kind of divided ourselves into who does what, and it wasn't like an assignment, it was what you were more inclined to do. So what, what came more natural for you, and everybody can do this, this isn't superpowers, super friends, everybody can Wonder do this. Everybody can do this. Literally, everybody can do this, but some people have a natural aptitude. Some people don't. Like, I have tried to learn astrology at least a thousand times. And Lindsay will stand up there and like, oh, oh God. God, I feel like a freaking idiot. And she would be like, I don't really know. I'm like, oh, shut up. You know, she's brilliant. She's I brilliant. I just
1: read my chart and then she rattled it off to me without a single book.
0: Right off the top of her head. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. And yeah and keeps her humility at the same time. That's a practitioner, folks. Yeah. Humility is power. But this is what I'm talking about. You have people that have different aptitudes. And so a good organization, a good covenant is going to encourage that. They're going, okay, because divination is a big part, right? In what we do. Uh, It's a, it's a huge part of our spiritual practice. It's a sacred thing. And if you have someone that's inclined towards a specific kind of divination, um, that should be encouraged you know and they sh- they should get the help they need to find the resources they need to develop that it's just like a muscle so it's stronger right so that's why it's really good to find like-minded people because they can you have ideas to bounce people off or bounce people off I'm going to bounce people off my ideas
1: <laughs> I like that idea actually can Violet. we try it <laughs> you know what the hell I meant
0: but <laughs> yeah <laughs> boing so, boing boing yeah that's a great visual um but, it, it, it is important, and it's important to have, you know, if you don't have that, then come to the store and hang out. You'll find one. God, yes. There are people looking for it's others crazy. all the time. And it's, it's, even if you only have, you know, one person, you know, it doesn't, it, that's fine. Or even if you're not close and you just talk on the phone, have some ideas to bounce off each other or have that other person to help you keep grounded so you don't fly off into uh, Wooland, yeah, right. Is this really easy to fly off into Wooland? Yes. You know, because when you're telling this to to a muggle or someone who doesn't practice, they they think we're all full of woo. And right? They think we're all Harry Potter, and they'll go back to their fantasy football. League. Disgusting.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> this is not an audition for charmed people. Come on.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it is a practice. It is a spiritual practice. It is sacred. And find out what you're good at. If you've tried with tarot and it just doesn't feel natural to you, hey, that's okay. Try something else. Try bibliomancy, try automatic writing, try try throwing runes, maybe the throw the bones, look up claromancy. We have um, who is it what does the claromancy? Jeffrey. Jeffrey does the claromancy boards. Claromancy is a very ancient tradition and it involves a lot of different traditions put together, you know, and it's casting of lots. It's it's yeah. it's incredible what he can get. And he does the sand divination. I
1: was mad at him for days.
0: The sand divination <laughs> is amazing, you know. It's great if one form of divination doesn't speak to you and doesn't, doesn't like you understand the concepts. Okay. I've educated myself on this as generally as I can, but it just doesn't fit with me. I just don't have a connection to it. It's okay. Not everybody can play every instrument either. Right? So find something that does fit with you and, and develop that. Maybe you're really good at astrology and you like number crunching and drawing charts to me, it reminds me of eighth grade algebra class and I, I just shut down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fuck this. No.
0: Yeah, and I understand. I'm math- not
1: solving for why. Why would I solve for why? And I get
0: math <laughs> mathematics is that is, a, is the is the universe explained, right? So yep. everything is math.
1: Order the universe. Please. Probably
0: why I went to literature class.
1: <laughs> That's funny. You no. Know?
0: but I just had a terrible math teacher. You know, Uh-oh. I'm gonna blame it on I'm gonna blame it on him because he was a douchebag. So <laughs> it's his fault not my fault because i suck at math but in
1: the immortal words of casey Kasem, no matter what you do keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the
0: stars and for those of you born outside of the 1900s <laughs> casey Kasem was on the radio and did the top 100 what every week yeah every or, week every and week. he
1: was always doing the new year's eve yeah. huh, from new york city he looked like
0: yeah. a used car salesman he was really cool everybody loved casey Kasem, and you know back in our day that, that's that's in who we on. in
1: our day. Good lord. Back in the 1900s. What happened? You're from the 1900s, I aren't am. you? Yeah.
0: I am from the 1900s.
1: Some kid said that to me a few weeks ago. Fuck that little fucker. <laughs> yes, I am. And we know how to kill you more ways than one kid. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I have to translate because Tay assumes everyone is from the 1900s and knows who the fuck Casey Kasem is.
1: Hey, he's still on the radio, which he's dead, so it's kind of creepy. Yeah, his voice and is still creepy. on the radio. Girl. Casey Kasem's
0: been dead for I don't know how long.
1: Oh, my God. But,
0: yeah, that was that was cool. <laughs> <sighs> is Soul Train still on? I used to watch Soul Train all the time. Soul I love
1: Soul Train. Train. I love that show.
0: What was, what was the other one with a bunch of karen's doing oh i
1: hated that one american American bandstand oh my
0: god that that was
1: disgusting
0: i would i would keep american bandstand on the last five minutes just so soul train would come on because oh my god soul train was the shit loved it loved it that dance line (laughs) yes oh my
1: god don was so smooth sorry i'm i'm
0: I'm from flint detroit (laughs) it's in my blood i can't help it Oh, but um, yeah. So circling way back out of this,
1: <laughs> walk uh, down memory lane, radio world. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Old people get confused easily, and, and and we have to be reminded. Okay, need, go back to what you're talking do, about.
1: do some divination and give us some direction. Yeah, what's tonight? my name? <laughs>
0: <sighs> oh, but divination. Sacred practice, lots and lots, of, and there's more than what we mentioned, right? Yeah, this there's is just, a lot more. this is literally scratching the surface. And, and there are so many different techniques and traditions. Find something that fits well. If you have an interest in, in divination, find something that you're interested in. And if you get into it and then later decide, I mm-hmm, just don't feel this shit. Try something else.
1: Like me with tarot, I make people cry, so I don't like reading that anymore.
0: But, I mean, it's it's good to at least have the general knowledge. And it's kind of like knowing your history, right? It's, it's part of being a practitioner is that if you don't know how to do, say, astrology, at least have a general understanding of its purpose and its method. You don't need to know the intricacies of what house is what and your rising signs and sun sign and moon sign and God, I'm already confused, <laughs> but you you know what the hell they're talking about when they say astrology? Like, and it's okay, a good I insight. Have, too. I have some idea yeah. of what you're talking about, you know. So that especially if you're sitting with an astrologer, some of the things that they're talking about will make a little bit more sense. And ask questions.
1: Yes, don't you, ever be afraid
0: to ask questions. There is no knowledge gained like that from an actual practitioner. Yes. So if you have If you have a Lindsay in front of you and you have questions about it and she's doing your chart for you, ask her, ask her, what does that mean? She's going to know off the top of her head because this is her bread and butter, right? Ask the tarot reader, you know, when you're done, you know, reading, what does that mean? Why is, why are you getting that from that car? Not to challenge them, Well, feel free to challenge them if you need to, but more for your own education. Like, Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Right. And like, whenever I read, I would explain, this is why I get this. Okay. I, the, you know, it might start off slow and then all of a sudden it, the channel hits and it's flowing like a waterfall and then it's over. Right. But when I would lay the cards and after the reading, I would go through each card. Okay. So Remember what I said to you, this is what this means, this is why, this is where I get this from. Okay, you see this symbolism here interacts with that symbolism, interacts with that symbolism. The three of them in context tell a story. Yeah. And that's, that's where the story comes from. That's where I got that from. And it may make sense to you, may not, but at least you understand the method by which, you know, that, that divination took place.
1: Exactly. But. And there are no stupid questions. So well, there, there
0: are plenty of stupid questions.
1: Uh, I had to. You see how I drew him out there?
0: <sighs> there are plenty. That, that is yeah. such a false statement. Like, there are fucking <laughs> stupid-ass questions. But it's okay. Ask the stupid-ass questions because we all ask the stupid-ass questions. You may get
1: ridiculed. I can't promise you, but, you know.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> but, but that's part of it, too, right? So. Yeah. But anyway, I think we've kind of come to our, our, mark, our, our marker, our first day with new lips.
1: And uh, Bella is like.
0: Bella's really got to yeah. go outside. and She's I am consumable. getting stink eye from hell. Um, <laughs> but if you've made it this far, thank you guys. Uh, please remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, give us a good review. Um, and thank you so much for listening.
1: So we hope you enjoyed this episode of in the weeds and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe and share. And if you're really kind, leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.